to another episode of Drivers, First Calls podcast devoted to the latest trends in the golf industry and the people setting them. I'm here with John Last. I'm David Klein. And uh, John, as a way of teeing up today's conversation and guest, I want to mention a little bit about the research that we have done here at SLRG on golf courts maintenance and pace of play. John, without getting into too many specifics, uh, on the latter, I think you and I recently lived the wide gap of pace of play on course experiences, haven't we? Yeah, I, I guess we have now that you mentioned it. I, I know two rounds ago, we played at a private club in New York in about three hours. And literally just a couple of weeks ago, we played at a public facility in LA where nine holes took us almost the same exact amount of time. So uh, we, we didn't necessarily need to do any formal research in that regard to understand how the latter experience really wasn't delivering on what golfers are looking for today. Uh, our guest joining us in this episode of Drivers has actually been doing a lot more than simply observing the issues with pace of play and course maintenance. He's actually built a, a really intriguing company that's innovatively addressing it with a, a series of software solutions. And I'm pleased to welcome the co-founder and CEO of Tag Marshall, Bodo Sieber, coming to us from perhaps my favorite city outside of the U.S., Cape Town, South Africa. I was happy to spend some time there when my daughter was studying at uh, UCT. Bodo, let's start by by speaking to the evolution and mission of Tag Marshall. What, what inspired what you've created? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, there was a high chance you might have found me at our Atlanta office, but today I am indeed in Cape Town. Um, yeah, going back to your question, uh, funny enough, uh, when you played your three-hour nine holes, you could have come up with the, the idea for our company because this is basically the origins, right? So my two business partners who are fanatical golfers were stuck on the 15th hole behind three groups. Um, it was a very slow day and they were thinking, well, this can't go on like this. We're making time here for our favorite uh, pastime. And uh the course is really not getting it right for us. And um, yeah, as so often they were looking out for the marshal, nowhere to be found, uh, phoned the clubhouse. And by the time things were resolved, they were now on hole 17, but their day was wrecked. So they had a long time to think about that. Couldn't there be a technology solution that helps manage this uh, problem? Um, that was all the way back in 2014, um, yeah, then then contacted me and uh, my uh, uh, technology business partner. We analyzed uh, the situation. We found that well, there isn't really all that much happening in the space. But obviously, it's a it's a big challenge that the the business of golf has. Um, it takes a long time to play, and there's lots of variables out in golf course that need management. And it's a perfect opportunity for technology to help out. And this is when Tag Marshall was born. And uh, we had our first uh, partner course sign up and um, implement our system all the way back in 2015. And we were lucky at that because it was none other than Aaron Hills up in Wisconsin, um, the course that would later host the US Open that Brooks Kepka won. So that was our, our first foray into uh, the commercial space and uh, the rest is history and now we're working with more than 500 partners quite a, a meteoric rise and, and particularly in, in light of the fact that we have seen such a proliferation of golf course management software um, we both had the opportunity to see that firsthand at a number of conferences this fall 
Talk a little bit about what makes Tag Marshall different and, and what does the package accomplish that's really been lacking in managing both pace of play and, and agronomic optimization? Yeah, great question. Yeah, you're quite right. The, the golf course management slate of uh, companies is quite large. Um, the priority um, that most of the uh, companies have in that space, obviously, uh, player management, member management, T-sheet, um, online T-sheets, uh, all the way down to point of sale. Um, this is not what we are touching. Uh, so for us, it's a case of um, what what is the most important thing at a golf course? What is the economic engine at a golf course? And how can we help optimize that? And that is the on-course operation, right? So our product focuses on the on-course operation and we really feel like this has been a missing link in um, the system's uh, landscape. So what we uh, where we started out uh, with the mandate to how can we make golf quicker and how can we manage pace of play, but we very quickly realized that uh, we can add so much value into what is the economic engine of the golf course just by understanding what are the data points and metrics that matter most and how can we help golf courses both from a live management where what our system provides is GPS-based tracking of both walkers and cart play uh, that you can think of as a Waze or Google Maps of traffic management on a golf course. So you get that live management that we provide to the course operator. But then there's also um, the data analytics back end of it, where we getting the uh, the course managers to understand what is our hole by hole run time, where are choke points out on the golf course, which are the key times of day and the key days of the week that we need to pay attention um, and then how can we tweak uh, the, the setups? How can we tweak um, the, the focus of our staff or the focus, obviously, of our system um, into those areas and incrementally improve um, so that we can uh, you know, basically deliver on three things? One is the player experience that, uh, that you so aptly uh, mentioned. If it's not right, um, you would have forgotten everything else that was great about this golf course, right? That you play nine holes in three hours. Um, if it's right, uh, everything else that the golf course is doing works for the golfers. <clears throat> so fixing the play experience, making sure that it's a reliable space from a flow and pace point of view. Secondly, how can we do it efficiently, right? So that we don't use a lot of labor hours and a lot of effort. There's a lot of automation that technology brings. And thirdly, uh, thirdly, how can we really feed that economic engine to its max in terms of can we generate additional tea times that we've never had uh, by optimizing our goal times, our interval times, by optimizing all the input um, um, KPIs. And we have clubs routinely making an additional uh, $200,000 to $500,000 in optimization um, just on the back of getting that right. And the the net benefit, obviously, is all the golfers are happier and the courses make more money. So that's why we're, we're hitting the spot, I believe. Well, you know, John mentioned that there are a lot of software solutions out there. And one of the pain points that we've observed in our research with facility operators is that so much of it is disconnected and difficult to manage creating kind of silos and making facility operators IT managers working with this type of software along with other solutions, have you addressed this objection? And what are the major challenges that you continue to face as your team seeks to build adoption here in the US? 
Yeah, sure. That That is a great conceptual and almost philosophical question to address, right? Because somebody might say, why don't you give me a solution, a software solution that does everything, right? But the, the problem is there isn't such a solution. And what you might find is that there might be a solution that has got broad application and they're doing two or three things really well, but they're doing 10 things poorly. So the flip side of that is how can we create an environment that is connected where an operator has the ability to, to pick the best of breed, the best in class systems, and those systems then ensure that they cooperate and have data integrations and data exchanges and APIs so that the course doesn't have, like you're saying, the IT management problem, but rather systems that talk to each other and make their lives easier and work together efficiently. So we have addressed that by really our playbook is a platform and our system has become an optimization platform. Um, we have run about 20 integrations with T-Sheets. We have integrations with the likes of Golf Genius, GolfWeather.com, and other systems where we exchange data via API and make it very, very seamless for the golf course to really get out of their technology stack what they want. There's another reason why I think we can proudly call ourselves a platform is that a good user of our system would have a thousand system engagements a month. So that is around about 30 to 40 a day. Um, so it, it really is an essential item in how they manage their course. And we want to obviously make sure that things are efficient and uh, we're adding value rather than adding additional steps or or any anything that uh, that might you know, not uh, not be that. So so that is how we have addressed it. And that has always been our uh, goal so that uh, yeah, we can really form and add a lot of value as part of this connected landscape. Yeah, it's, it's such a critical success factor in, in, in a lot of our interviews and work with facility operators who still may be a little bit further behind on the learning curve than other industries in terms of their integration and adoption of technology. Before we wrap up, I, I remember you and I had the opportunity to talk at length about just the macro sense of how technology is impacting uh, the golf industry at the facility level. And, and you had a great analogy that, that you referenced uh, between golf courses and gas stations and kind of how they've each evolved. I'd love for you to expound upon that a little bit for our listeners and, and share your general perspective on how we really find that proper balance between high tech and, and what as an industry has often been very high touch. Yeah, I recall um, we were in a panel discussion with uh, Michael Williams, right? And that was his uh, analogy that you brought in. And, and I think he's making a good point in that in the past, the gas station used to be a full service. There were lots of hands on deck and it was almost white gloved, right? And now it's, it's almost exclusively self-service. I do think that there is a major differentiator in that going to a gas station is, a, is an essential part of uh, our mobility, but it's not in any way... A highlight of our day right <laughs> so where golf we're hoping and um, from an experience point of view has got much more to offer than that but i think the correlation here is that um, and i think we'll see this play out into the future uh, more so than it is now so in the future i believe and what technology is supposed to do it's supposed to make work easier and make a lot of things that are task-based and effort that we put into making our business work and, and take those items and automate um, and make those simpler so that we as humans can do what we do best, which is to build relationships, right? And to create uh, special experiences. And that is what the golf industry is all about. We're creating golf experiences and we are uh, providing that service. So 
in the future, what I believe will happen is there will be more automation on public golf courses, more self-service, more technology enablement around this and less touches. That doesn't mean that there won't be personalization because technology helps us to personalize and it's already doing that now, but we'll see more of that in the future. On the other hand, in the private space, I think we will find that a lot of people will actually love to spend money um, on having that real personal white glove familiarity of a, a club where that is their home, right? And where everyone knows their name and, uh, and, and what they're about. Um, and I do think that we will find in the future that that chasm will sort of start to grow further. And again, even at a private club that is putting all its effort into building those exceptional experiences, we will find technology enabling the people that work there to do that better. Uh, so technology will help on both sides, but we will find more automation and more uh, touchless self-service in the daily fee space and more of the white glove special human connection in the private club space. That's uh, where I see things uh, moving in the next couple of years. It's interesting perspective. I mean, you know, we all talk about, you know, in the research space segmentation and creating very customizable experiences. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by your perspective or vision of that widening gap between the different offerings out there. It, it, it makes intuitive sense. I really appreciate you joining us. We, we are at the end of our time limit here. We always like to keep drivers to a, a pretty limited amount so people can eat them in bite-sized portions. Um, but we really, it was great seeing you again, you know, be it from afar. And, and thank you for joining us. Uh, continued uh, success for you and the company and, and look forward to seeing you down the road. And, and thanks to everybody for uh, listening. Uh, we'll see you soon on another episode of Drivers. Mm -hmm.